This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. This week's episode of X-Ray is sponsored by FitCoin, a virtual exercise program for those that are tired of actual workouts and tangible results. FitCoin is a workout that's entirely conducted on the internet without the hassle and monopoly of one gym or corporation controlling the facility or the physical equipment. FitCoin doesn't really have any value for the body, except in theory, but a lot of people have invested in it, have experienced beneficial placebo effects, and look cool to their friends. So buy some FitCoin today and get cracking on nothing. Okay, let's start the show. You're like a hot Malcolm Gladwell. Have you heard that before? No. Okay. I've, I've heard I'm Malcolm, feeling it. I have heard Malcolm Gladwell, not the hot Malcolm well, Gladwell. See, I kicked I it up say, a peg. I would say Malcolm Gladwell is the hot James Altucher. I don't know, but I met him the other day, and I said, come on to my podcast. He looked at me like, please walk away, and I did. So it was a festive interaction, but maybe he'll surprise me. Maybe yeah, he will. maybe he'll show up for this. Do you know Malcolm? I don't, but we, ha- we have a lot of mutual friends in common, but I don't know him. Okay, so I, I read about you. I mean, I know that you're one of the owners of the club, and you also do stand-up, which is nice. And then I know you made like a gajillion dollars on Bitcoin. That was kind of what I heard. Is that right? Uh, I mean, I've made money on it, but I've... I've well, money not, for me is like 50 bucks, so give me, a, give me some context. Well, I've made money on a lot of things, okay. and I've also lost money on a lot of things. So okay. I, I'm constantly Making in a and state losing. of trying new things, and lots of things fail. And okay. initially, when I started out... I would do something, it would succeed, and then I would lose everything. Okay. Now, the, did you come from money that you felt comfortable, like, throwing no, I was, I was always... You were poor, which is, it gives you more freedom. You're like, I got nothing to lose, I might as well try. Right, but then once you once you make that first amount of money, you think, oh, this is this is amazing, this is really good. Then you get greedy. And, yeah, then you get greedy. Now, it's not quite actually greedy. It's like, oh, my gosh, I made a lot of money, but my... But my next door neighbor has ten times as much. Right, That's and so you get you get what I call despair. Yeah, you get what I call the disease. Like you feel like, oh, I made a lot of money, but maybe I'm still poor because your mental right. Side it's like is Jay poor. Leno's nervous about losing all his money. I heard. Yeah, like, like you he, have ninety six fucking cars. Get get a therapist. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, well, well, with Jay Leno, what he would do is he would he would bank he, he would put in the bank his entire salary twenty million a year, whatever it was, Sad. and then he would only spend the money he made by going on the road on the weekends. He'd, he'd perform wow. in Las Vegas. That's an illness already, don't That's you an think? Illness. Yeah, I think it's an illness. But because, he seems like a nice guy, but he's just ill. But like m- money is a weird kind of energy, and it gets in you and twists right. you in different ways until you learn how to tame it. I'm a minimalist. I have very simple needs. You know what I mean? And I've spent oh, I don't spend money on my kids. I spend on myself more than my kids. My kids are fine. But but I want to get back to Bitcoin because I got to tell you something. I stay up at night wondering what the fuck it is how i tried reading about blockchain trying to understand what the fuck can you break it down as if i'm a complete idiot because i'm trying to understand and now there's more there's not only bitcoin there's a million kinds of coins yeah, yeah. there's knoof and ooplout it's like a bunch of ikea furniture yeah. currency right so can you just explain to me so then we can proceed from there so i know do, what the fuck we're talking do, about you, do you really want like the answer or? i do i really want okay. the answer because i understood that it's like a virtual currency and there's no bank it's like there's no central control there's something like just break it down for me L- let me let me tell you why you don't know the answer maybe that will be okay sufficient, and then you could ask me more. all right all right let's the reason see. you don't know the answer is because Bitcoin software developers, like the people who really support it the most are based in Silicon Valley. They're not, they don't really care about middle America that much. And so even though this is an incredibly useful and powerful thing, they only, they only know how to speak in technology terms. Like if I said to you, what's Amazon? 
you would say a store. Right. But the technical definition of Amazon is it's some software sitting at an IP address based on the TCP IP protocol. You would never say that's what Amazon is, yeah, I'd but that's what the tech. Smack everybody ever did. Like, that, I like that's you. what the technical right. answer right. is. Right. It's a bunch of code sitting using this networking protocol, but it's in fact it's a store. So, so that's why you don't know the answer. Bitcoin okay. is money. It's just a different kind of money than paper money, and, and it has more function. The great thing about Bitcoin, the great thing about paper money, is it has more functionality than gold. So, gold used to be the money, right? You know, gold and silver, right? Paper money has more functionality, and it's like an evolution of money. Everything evolves. You know, medicine evolved from okay, okay. leeches to doctors to right. AI or whatever. People still use leeches, by the way. And uh, cups. Do they? they do the cupping. They do, do they cupping. really? Yeah, people go and do, do all these like massage places, and they put hot cups in you, and they suck the disease out of you. Whatever. It's all bullshit, but whatever. So, so right. So clearly, like, like right. medicine's evolved, so we know that's wrong, and right. other things are right. And so money evolves, too. Like, goes from barter to metals like gold to paper money, and there's problems with paper money, which is that if if you send a wire to your best friend in China, right. it goes through all seven different banks. There's fees all along the mm-hmm. way. Every government agency in China and the U.S. can see what you're doing. Right. And so, and it might disappear if there's human error. Okay. So, so these are all problems. All you have to know is Bitcoin doesn't have those problems. So Bitcoin was invented to solve those problems. It's the problem of privacy, security, uh, Nobody could print extra Bitcoin like Washington, D.C. Someone could print another trillion dollars, and then the dollars you have in your pocket are worth less. They're worth less without your input on it. So, Bitcoin, that can't happen. Is there a limited amount of Bitcoin that's ever been? They yeah. say they claim yeah. that, but they can change it, right? No, they can't. Because that's the algorithm or the program? That's in the, so, Bitcoin is unlike paper money, all these digital currencies, I'm not going to call them cryptocurrencies, okay. all these digital currencies are based on software code that can't be changed. Now, that's why people, though, develop other coins. Okay. Because let's say Bitcoin solves a lot of problems, but it missed this other problem. Maybe, so instead, just like there's Canadian dollars and U.S. dollars, and there's a geographic border to make the two currencies, right, right. there's what I call problem borders. So maybe there's another coin out there that has a little bit more privacy that some people might need. So that's a problem border, and there are currencies that solve that problem, so okay. that's why a new currency gets created. So that's, instead of geographic borders, there are actual problem borders, and that's an, an interesting evolution of money as well, that, that new currencies are made based on problems as opposed to geography. I don't know. I got to back it up for a minute because I'm just trying to understand even regular money, like things that made sense to me, like the barter system when there's things of value. You know what I mean? I will give you sex. You give me grits. Do you know what I mean? Like these are just basic interactions that I'm familiar with that I understand. Um, the minute but, what, but what if you what if you only wanted like half a bowl of grits? And well, then you get a handy. Do you know what I mean? There's like a certain there's, there's, right, there's but, there, but, but you you monetize but you 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 decide. Your value, and you decide what it's worth to the other. You know, you have to come to agreement, right? Yeah, That's but, a good barter. But like, if you if all you offer is sex, and let's say the guy, and you really want grits though, and let's say the guy who makes the grits, he likes the other person he well, gets. Then sex he goes. Then I don't get the grits. I got to get. get I got to expand my skill set. So, so that's why we 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 do barter now in exchange for a common thing that's called true. money, right? Right. And right. then you're able to buy your grits right. by giving, you, you know. 
you know, offering sex to seven dollars. Someone else. I would, on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but so but the government, so what we're saying is the government is the one that decide pretty much decide, right? The Fed decides the value of the money and it has connection to do with how good the economy and the country's doing and the, the GDP, right? I don't know. I'm just throwing terms out here, right? right. I mean how so, successful the, the So the Fed doesn't really decide that like okay. tr- currency traders, like people trading in dollars, which okay. is, doesn't have but the Fed affects the value. The Fed is one of okay. those things that affects the value of money. Because they're just they're just printing out more money and they just funnel it into the into the economy or they just give it to the you're just printing out money and saying oh you're this company's in trouble we're just going to print out another trillion dollars and give it to you they yeah. can do that yeah they and did do it. they do that they did it in 2009 they printed up a, a basically a trillion and a half dollars and gave it to all the banks now why can't they print out a trillion dollars and give it to like the homeless or like, i think i think they should have done that but can they they can right they can they can yeah, yeah. they can actually fix like the every, like, everybody like for, under the poverty line's problems which like is printing instance, out more money. Instead of like giving it to all, so let's just talk about 2009. Instead of giving it a trillion and a half dollars to the banks, why didn't they just give it a trillion and a half dollars to everyone who owned Lost a home money. who was actually in trouble? Exactly. So so but what happens is the banks get the trillion and a half dollars, then they can loan, start loaning money again, and that right. makes the economy grow again. Okay, and, so it's a little and, more organized, right? And 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 normally there, a lot of people were predicting massive inflation when they did that. That's why I say the Fed is not completely in okay. charge of the value. Okay. It didn't create massive inflation because the economy was in so much trouble, but, but we had other good things going on like technology and so on that the innovation absorbed the additional money without increasing inflation. So that gets a little complicated. Okay, but, but how does something, this cryptocurrency, who gives it value? How does it even have value? Like well, where is it coming from, the ether? Well, well, you might... What's 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 the value of your privacy, for instance? Maybe for you, there's no value. No, no, but, I get it. I get what people are using it. I get that there's no like, control in the bank and it can't be corrupted. But I'm saying, how does it have? Where's the inherent like? What is just it? Just like the dollar bill, people trade it. Okay, and it gets value. The only way the dollar bill has value is because people are trading it, and like people are trading. Oh, should I be in dollars or euros or? So it's just yen countries today. pitted against each other. Yeah, and so so with cryptocurrencies, you might decide. Do I need Bitcoin or do I need dollars? And so if you don't want your dollars anymore and you want Bitcoin because it solves some problems for you, okay. you'll buy more Bitcoin and that'll drive the price up. Okay. So it's not so the problem it had last year is that it was speculative instead of solving problems for people. People were buying it just to buy it. But what are you buying essentially? You're buying a valuable piece of software that actually has value. You're buying currency that has privacy. Okay. Currency. So, okay. I'm just trying to wrap around how you can buy anything with something that just like if I said I'm creating I'm creating a currency. Why, why do like, you buy? Why do you buy a book? No, no, I get. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. How does it like? Is it on the on the online marketplace? Like, I, I there's a lot of places I can buy, use Bitcoin to you, buy shit. There's that European bakery across the street. Yeah, you could buy a donut with Bitcoin over can there. Can I? Yeah. And is that most establishments? Uh, I don't know about most, but a lot of more. Like the state of Wyoming, I think they're trying to pass a bill now where they'll start actually collecting taxes in Bitcoin. In Bitcoin, but and you have to have a, an app. A, is a there... friend of mine living on Seventy um, Second Street, right over here, is selling his home for in in Bitcoin. Really? Yeah, he's going to take Bitcoin. He'll take dollars too, by the way, but he'll also take Bitcoin. And wow! He's, he's and in... then you can convert it to dollars and cash out. Or like just keep chips it in, in a casino, or just keep it in Bitcoin. Keep it in Bitcoin, and it can't be corrupted. Nobody can hack into this program. No, people can hack into like if you keep your all your Bitcoin at like some you know dubious exchange or play, you know place mm-hmm. where people hold the Bitcoin. Maybe that can be hacked, but the Bitcoin the coin itself can't be hacked. Okay, and so what so it- typically what people do is then they'll put it on like a hard drive their Bitcoins, and they'll put that in like a safety deposit box at the bank. Oh my God, so fucking interesting. So some, so there's. But by the way, if your bank is hacked 
and suddenly your account says you right. have zero dollars? Yeah, yeah. How do you prove that you had money in it yesterday? You can't. You can't? No. So, so, and you can't, yeah, last one's statement said you had a million, but now it's, it's showing me zero. It looks like you spent it. You can't prove it. If you were, ha- if your bank was hacked, you cannot prove that wow. you, you had it, you actually had money there. But who's to say then that someone can, um, some Joe Schmo creates a new, uh, Currency that solves all the problems that Bitcoin didn't solve, and then Bitcoin goes down in value. People no, are now because converting. I can I I can look at the software smart, and lots of smart people will look at the software. People who are right. trained at that, and they'll say, "No, nah, you're not solving the problems. See you later." And then those coins go to zero. So a year ago, I predicted ninety five percent of these coins are scams. Okay, and I would say now eighty percent of 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 these cryptos have gone to zero. Okay, and, and Bitcoin's uh, still holding strong. Yeah, well, I want it's gone down because the whole market's gone down. Okay, but Bitcoin. Why do you think it, it's gone down? Well, I think again, last year, I think people were people who were unaware of the value were just buying it to buy it. So the definition of a bubble is I'm only buying something today because it went up yesterday. Right. There's no other reason. I have no concept. It's like of the gambler's value. fallacy, right? Right. Yeah. So the person who was on the last day loses, and but eventually, it's like the internet. In 1999, it was a bubble. Then it went down, and then, and then oh, now grows. it's like ten. Right. Now it's like 20 times bigger than it ever was. Why are people skeptical of it? Is it because it's not um, supervised by a gov- like something tangible, like a government or tangible people, like a board? Yeah, it's like uh, nobody yeah, really controls it. No, you know, the U.S. government collects taxes in dollars. Right. So every currency out there is is their their country. You know, it backs their currency and collects that currency in right. their, in, in as their, taxes. Right. And so, if you didn't trust the U.S. government, the dollar would go down in value. If okay. you trust the U.S. government, the dollar goes in value. So, Bitcoin, the problem is there's no government. Um, and so, then you have to say, well, what's the value then? The value is in all of these services that the software provides that money doesn't provide. So okay. you have to say, is it valuable to me to not have all the fees of eight banks? Right. Is right. it valuable to me to have privacy? If is is it valuable to me to um you know, not pay a fee every time I go to the ATM machine. Okay. Uh, there's all sorts, you know, you know, there's all sorts, is it valuable to me not to have to convert currencies when I'm buying something from Europe? So it's an international. Yeah, it's international. Okay. And you saw, you kind of foresaw that you invested in Bitcoin when it was just starting out? Well, in, I was really, I thought it was kind of a scam in early 2013. Okay. But I talked to a lot of people. I got informed on it. I'm also a, a, a computer scientist by training 30 years ago, and uh, I built what's probably the first Bitcoin store for books, and I actually released a book just on 2013. I made what was probably the first online store that accepted Bitcoin only. For books. And I was only selling my book on it. So I released <laughs> my book. I like so, the narcissist. like, oh, well, just me, just no, me, all me. This is this is the great thing, is that, uh, you know, and then I, then I announced to everybody, and I wrote an article about it, I am the best-selling Bitcoin-only author ever in history. That's smart. And so smart CNBC phrasing. had me on, and <laughs> and the anchor said, "Did you just do this as a marketing event, a marketing stunt?" And I said, "Well, I'm on national TV, so you I tell guess, me." Yeah, if exactly. It right, so, right, right. So did you sell a lot of books with, through Bitcoin on there? You know, it was funny. I I sold. I don't know if it was a lot or not, but I sold I, I sold enough, and most of the customers were Amazon employees because I could see all their email addresses. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Okay, so what the fuck is blockchain then? So forget about what anyone's ever told you about blockchain. I, I don't know anything. Blockchain is simply, blockchain in terms of Bitcoin is simply the list of every single Bitcoin transaction that ever happened. So that's why I know 
for a fact. You send, you will know, you can prove you sent, this guy could say, you could say the check's in the mail with real money. Right. And he could say, I never got it. Right. And you could say, oh, but I sent the check. Here's the, what the check looked like. But I mean, I never got it. But with Bitcoin, it, you could point, it's on the blockchain. It's right here. And the blockchain can't be hacked. That list can't be hacked. Okay. And, or, or I should say, it's a one in a trillion chance that it can be hacked. And uh, uh, so you could prove every transaction. It keeps track of every transaction. So what's valuable about that is... You know, in a, in a deeper way, I can make a will or I can have an agreement with you or a, like a divorce agreement or a legal agreement or a partnership agreement. And it can't that agreement has to be followed. We all put our bitcoins in there and then it, it all gets disseminated without any bullshit. Like, no, it, it, it kind of and it kind of replaces in a weird way a lot of uh, functions of lawyers. So. But just but ju- but just think of it as it's just a list of every single transaction ever, and it can't be hacked. And there's and there's uses for that. Now, how come who created that it can't be hacked? Because can't everything be hacked? No, because yes, everything can be hacked. Because there's no centralized coder that no, designed it. No, what, this is where the word the phrase crypto comes in. Okay. And I don't mean for this podcast to be a, a kind of science. No, but that's what I'm here for. This is interesting to me. So so the science of cryptography there's there's like and this when you say where's the value. A million man hours have been put into like the best scientists in the world figuring out how to encode things. You know how like in war people send coded messages, right? And then like Alan Turing in the forties, yes, yes, yes. you know, decoded everything. Right. Well, now the science of coding, encoding, and decoding things is so sophisticated that you can have the fastest computer on the planet times a billion, right. and it still can't crack the code that encodes the blockchain. So, but if I, if you're saying on the one hand, you can have every, you can have a computer that's the size of, you uses, has every chip that's atoms, that right. counts the atoms in the universe, and right. you still can't break the code of. That's of, pretty nifty. Yeah. So, so no one has made a profit off of designing this software because it was designed by a lot of people. No, the main guy who started it, yeah. he's got like three billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. Okay. Okay. So for like forty nine cents. No, I'm kidding. But okay. So three. So but but if you're saying on the one hand there's privacy where nobody knows my my transactions, you're now saying there's a list of all my transactions. Well, you know your transactions. Okay. okay. So you could prove to somebody, okay. I sent this. This is got my it. block in the blockchain. That was me. And okay. and you could prove it. There's ways for you to prove it. Uh, uh, and that gets a little common, but there's ways for you to prove it that nobody can possibly deny. So uh, okay, I like that. Then and so it then makes what, sense. And then what happens is. There are computers all around the world that compete with each other to verify your claim that I made this transaction. This is me. Okay. And though and those computers for dedicating that time, they get paid in newly minted Bitcoin up until the point where Bitcoin hits its maximum limit. So there's a maximum value to Bitcoin? Well, no, there's a maximum number of Bitcoins that will be, let's call them minted or printed. Okay, okay. So there's 21 million Bitcoins by 2140, by the year 2140, will be released, and that's it. And then it stops. And that's it. So that kind of ensures that there will always be value to it. It's kind of like silver and gold, right? Like there's a finite amount on Earth. Yeah, although, you know, we're always finding new gold, and we're always printing new Bitcoin. And so there's a lot of debate around this philosophically, but we don't have to think about that now. Okay. So you went in there, you had foresight, you went in there, and then you ended up just tra- kept trading it as it went up in value? And- no, what I wanted to do is, uh, about a year, and I, I never would really answer questions like this about Bitcoin, because I don't think it's actually 
in terms of like living a better life, it doesn't make anyone live a better life. Okay. Just like right, money. yeah, I don't think any money makes anybody right. live a better life unless you know how to live a life. Right? right. So people would ask me about it, and even though I knew a lot about it, I wouldn't really okay. talk about it. But uh, I started to see a lot of people investing in these what I thought were scams. Yeah. And so I wanted to say, hey, these are scams, and these ones probably aren't. Um, and that's what I started talking about. And uh, I just wanted. I kind of felt this urge to, to protect people who are already readers of mine or followers of the right, podcast right, or whatever. Right. Were you like a, a big champion? You're like, invest in this now? Uh, I, were you like, I, I better do this quietly so nobody knows? A, a little bit of both. Uh, I mean, I hired people to help me figure out, you know, there was a thousand cryptocurrencies, so I oh, couldn't look okay. at each one of them. So I hired people, and then so that means I ha- once I hire people, I have to charge a little. And so it became like kind of a service. But oh, even, interesting. But even for, for free, I would always talk about like, Bitcoin or some of the other top ones. What are the other top ones with a K? Isn't there one with a K? There's one called Ethereum. Ethereum. Yeah. It just sounds like an element from the table of elements, yeah, right? right? I guess we're just smart, like right? Because it's like Ethereum. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Bitcoin is that counterintuitive. It just sounds rinky-dinky. You know what I mean? It sounds like... Yeah, it, I mean, it's sort of like how everything in the 90s was like E this and E that. Right. And now like, they just do all the acronyms with no vowels, right? right? Or like the weird punnery. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that, that became like an OO thing. Now, I don't know what the latest thing is now. So there's Ethereum and, and Bitcoin is still the champ. Yeah, Bitcoin is still the champ. Um, And who in, do you know? Are we able to get information on like the most investors are in the United States? Or are they in Russia? Or you don't know? They're all over. Like, can you see no, the distribution you, around the world? You can't, but like... You, this is why I always keep in touch with the biggest investors in okay. the space. So the biggest are basically in China, in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. a little bit in Russia because they don't like the dollar, so they'll do yeah, anything they yeah, can yeah, to yeah, play yeah. around the dollar. Uh, and some New York City, you know, some Wall Street. Okay. Uh, you know, again, like my my friend who's selling um, his house and he's willing right. to take Bitcoin. He owns a lot of Bitcoin. Okay. So it's just you know, it's all it's all over the world. But I would say China and Silicon Valley are the main. Now, can governments invest too, in Bitcoin, or is that counterintuitive to their own control and power? Uh, no, governments can. And, and do they? Uh, Besides, like, Venezuela or something? Venezuela actually invented its own currency. Oh, how convenient. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, here's why Here's why a government would. So imagine, so so why do you think in Afghanistan there's there, there often all the different tribes stop shooting at each other? Well, chances are some government, perhaps the U.S., uh, sends over plane loads of cash right. and hands it to warlords or, or tribal yeah, chieftains yeah. In, in Afghanistan. So now the U.S., let's say, I'm just say, hi, saying hypothetically, mm-hmm. let's say they want a more private, secure way to do this so that it's they're not like, having right. to send plane or loads scandalous. of cash. scandalous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they look into things like... Bitcoin Bitcoin solves a major problem for a government that wants to make transactions like that. I'm not saying the U.S., but it could be China, right, it could be Russia, right, it could right. be anybody. That's really interesting because it does, on one hand... It, and by the way, um, you don't have to have a plane. You just could send somebody a hard like drive. Like a hard drive. Yeah. Right. But it's interesting because in a way, it. it's like the accountability, like what if every NGO had to use Bitcoin and then you can you can actually track. But the question is, if it's private, then I can't just track. Nothing's transparent. It's only known to the entity, right? Like, if no, I want to see an NGO's transactions, no, I can't just do that on the blockchain. Yeah, but you can make a cryptocurrency that's perfect for NGOs so that whoever whoever is funding the NGO can track uh, right. all the use. So you can, there's that's a problem. And then we can look at, does Bitcoin solve it or do we have to make a new 
cryptocurrency for this problem? Or is there another cryptocurrency that solves a problem? So that's why I like the fact that it's you just presented a problem, and I like the fact that it's very problem-focused as opposed to like, well, now we have to convert to, you know, African right. whatever, or Israeli whatever, or China whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to think of geography. You can actually think about solving problems. I like that. But, but these Bitcoins obviously only have inherent value because people are investing in paper money that has value in it. Correct? Like if the dollar, you know what I mean? They have to be invested. No, Bitcoin, there are cryptocurrencies, by the way, that are backed by things that are called stable, like a dollar or gold okay. or whatever. But Bitcoin's not one of them. There's nothing. Oh, there's, no, there's no backing. No. You could trade it. I can trade a Bitcoin for dollars. But how do I buy a Bitcoin? I have to put dollars in to buy a Bitcoin. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So you have to use dollars to buy a Bitcoin. Yeah. I can't buy a Bitcoin with my charm. You cannot buy a Bitcoin with right? your charm. Right? Well, so you for, still need that. I can that. tell you... For sex, I'm, cer I'm certain there's a market for <laughs> That's for, just another Bitcoin to solve that Bitcoin. problem. So there's a bartering element there That's as well. That's funny. But so, okay, but sex, I'm saying... Sex is the, old, the original bartering, right? Right, so it is. that can it be is. used for any currency you want. It's Yeah, I'm just wondering in terms of... But Bitcoin, I'm saying, when I say inherent value, you still need that conventional currency to endow the Bitcoin with... with no. Value. You got to buy... I got to use dollars to buy Bitcoin. Yeah, but, but it's more like... Yes, you can use dollars to buy Bitcoin, but how many dollars you use is how much value, how valuable you think Bitcoin is based on its extra functionality, or else you will just buy things with dollars. Right, right, so right. So if you, if you have this idea in mind, or if, the, or if the companies you're buying products from say, no, 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 Bitcoin solves our problem, so now you have to start right, buying things from right. us in Bitcoin, then, or like, like take... Let's forget about the U.S. for a second. Take a country like Argentina. Okay. So Argentina is constantly switching from corrupt government to corrupt government. They have a, a regular market of their currency, the pesos. They have a black market. They have a blue market. So they have all these weird markets of their own currency. Mm -hmm. And often their currency markets just crash and go to zero because their governments are so corrupt. Right. This happens on a regular basis. So at some point, the people of Argentina kind of, not in an election, but sort of as a unit, will say, you know what? You know, screw the peso. We're going to just switch to Bitcoin because we don't want to deal with this corrupt government mm. anymore. And that's what happens. You see that in every corrupt government. That's why Venezuela tries to go ahead of it by creating their, their own. own. But right. Argentina, you see, every time there's a new government, you see, boom, a spike of people trying to buy Bitcoins. Iran, when a U.S. pulled out of the nuclear accords, $2.5 billion the next week went into Bitcoin from wow. Iran. So, and now I only know that just from talking to people. It's not something you can track. But if, is there a danger, like, in terms of like what used to be, like, the Cayman Islands or Switzerland, where criminal activity, they can actually kind of quietly store their funds or launder money through Bitcoin? Yeah, then it's I not mean, trackable? but that happens, that happens every day with the U.S. dollar, too. Right, so. right. So, yeah. we, so it won't be more or less. And then on the Internet, there's the so-called dark web. Yes. But by the way, the biggest user of the dark web is the U.S. government for— or. Or some governments, okay. you know, for purposes like what I described before. Right, right. Like funding external foreign policy yeah. agendas. Yeah. And again, maybe not U.S., maybe other governments. Who okay. Knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there are a lot of them. Okay. So, I, I mean, I, I'm liking this idea. I, it scared me because I didn't understand it. Yeah, that's because everyone... It sounded like, like a fad. Like I... Yeah, it, it did. And, and that's how I thought it was in early 2013. And I, and I talked to a lot, bunch of people. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. And, and you see, like, Walmart is the, the most conservative, you know, company in the world, is re-engineering all their internal systems to track logistics all with blockchain and Bitcoin. Okay. So because, like, if, if chairs are being sent to Walmarts all over the country from China, how do you track it all? You can actually do that with blockchain technology. And 
IBM is the one building it for Walmart, and UPS is doing it, and Amazon's, every company is like doing something. All the big companies are doing something now. Do most online retailers accept Bitcoin? Like, if I go to Amazon, can I pay with Bitcoin? No, but, oh. but a few months ago, Amazon quietly registered all these domains, like Amazon Crypto dot whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, so Quietly. Not that quietly, if you know about it. That's amazing. All right, so you did that. So what else do you um, invest in for fun? So, like, by the way, blockchain is like the smallest aspect of, like, I don't oh, okay. think about it. In it. Or Bitcoin is, I don't really think about it's it. It's not on your daily agenda. No. Okay. I okay. believe in the long-term story of what I described yes. to you. Yeah. I don't have to... I don't have to look at it every day. I'm not a right. I'm not like a if it trader. crashes, you're not concerned about it. No, you're a no. long-term investor. Yeah, yeah. I just I believe in the story. You put the, your savings in Bitcoin, or you still have like dollars? Uh, of course, yeah, dollars. Yeah. But I, I like anywhere I diversify lots right, of things. Right, um, right. So, but it, it, you know, I believe in the story, just like I believe medicine's going to get better. Let's Money hope. is going to get better. Right. That's you know, interesting. You know, wars are hopefully going to get better. So no. we don't use. Nuclear bombs. Wars are now mostly fought with cyber. cyber. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so everything evolves, and money money is there's no exception. So money evolves too. The only thing I think is evolved less is airline travel. Yeah, you know, I feel like they haven't evolved the design of aircraft, of commercial aircraft. Like, what's that? The Airbus uh, or been a bigger Boeing? I mean, give uh, me a fucking break. I'm so glad you bring that up because I've been wondering this too. Like, I feel planes since the 1950s go Just the, the same, same speed. Yeah, same. Well, they had the Concorde for a while and that flopped. Yeah, right. And it was uncomfortable. But it's like, no, it wasn't it. uncomfortable. I flew it. And you liked it? Yeah. It so was why great. did they stop? It was too great. expensive. No, it blew up. Oh, okay. Well, so that's, that works. I, I flew it once. I had a breakfast in London. And I you, flew it back yeah, and I had a breakfast in New York. In New York. New York. No, oh, breakfast bre in New York. Okay, yeah, time so saved. So you get here before you left. But I swear to God, I mean, I get that they're trying to save money, blah, 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 with the interior, but it's even just the, the plain design of an airplane, just, you know. Oh. In the 1950s, they, you know, Chuck Yeager famously flew faster than the speed of sound. That was in the 50s. Yeah. And... Why aren't every? Why is it every civilian passenger plane go go regularly faster than the speed of sound? I don't understand. Well, I also don't understand why now with global warming, I know that there's more turbulence, which is annoying as fuck. You know what I mean? It feels like airplane travel is becoming less comfortable. Uh, I just don't know why the designs can't be sleeker, more aerodynamic, less susceptible to to turbulence, all that stuff. Like, I where's actually, the design in that? I actually think I actually think that is the one thing they improved. I think there is less turbulence. You think? Yeah. But I think they're just not faster, and they're more crowded now. Yeah, and, uh, like yeah. it used to be, you'd have bigger seats. Everybody, even in, yeah, in coach, you'd be would more, have yes, seats. of course. Now, and now I they think cram service in. was better. Yes, and now there's just more people, but they didn't hire new, you know, more more. So people you think that the design of the aircraft is better capable of dealing with turbulence now? Yeah, because they they have things that balance uh, that sense the first signs of turbulence, and, and they, they balance out the plane out. automatically, okay. and they the pressure in the cabins are much better. But it. Cabins are disgusting in the back. Like you're you're breathing the air enters the the cabin in first class. Yeah. The first class. The thing about first class is the best aspect of first class that nobody realizes is that you breathe the air first. Oh, that's, that's interesting. First class. That's where the air funnels in, and then we get the dirty first class air. Yeah, you get the the. Yeah. I shouldn't say you. Me too. When I'm in coach, but the coach gets the dirty. Yeah. Air. Yeah. No, I gotta say, I am. Um, the only reason for me to want to make more money is to be able to fly business in first class. I feel like in terms of an upgrade, it's like when I finally had a washing machine in the trailer. Like your life changes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like something simple like a washing machine inside your home is like the biggest upgrade to fucking life. It's exponential. And I feel like first class compared to coach is so exponential. I would spend five grand on a 10-minute right. flight if I could. You know, there's all of these interesting points. Like I remember when I had my first real job where I was making like a real paycheck – and like I could, I could buy a TV for myself. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't dependent on like 
my parents' or TV a or, a brand, or yeah. at a bar or whatever. Yeah. Like I can actually buy a TV. I could buy at the time a VCR. That was like the big thing, or a CD player. Right, right, like, right. You know, so then the next thing is, oh, I'm, I'm, I just went from pre, you know coach to premium or premium yeah. economy. Economy you know? plus. Yeah. So so yeah, it's a it's a big life event when you start. It when is. You make that next but not thing. even. But, but then I, it's yeah. horrible though when you're bumped back. Oh yeah. It when is. you lose all right. your money and yeah. oh no, I'm back in coach going to Europe like that's a nightmare yeah I, I remember one time I don't I can't sleep on planes I was flying coach to Argentina I can't sleep either. I do masturbate during turbulence though it does help me there you go you flick so, the bean mm-hmm. you know during turbulence I used to be scared to death of turbulence you know how I solved it no I I as soon as turbulence hits I immediately start praying to God okay you're a religious person I pray to God that we crash oh great and so I'm like really and because I want to land on the island of lost and you ever okay. watched the TV show Lost? No, I did not. Oh, my God. I Is love that Is that what show. it was? People praying to God not to crash and they should end up on, on the Lost Island? I don't know. I mean, they didn't do that on the show, but I, I love the show so much. <laughs> I pray to God that I crash and then land and then wake up on the beach uh, that, that was sounds in, morbid and slightly delusional. I like but, the masturbation technique but, better. But, but I'm actually happy the more turbulence, but so are you. So yeah, exactly. We, we exactly. each have our own methods. Well, I'll tell you what. You try my technique and, and I'll try, try your my, technique. Do it. But I, I think that well, another thing that helps me, because um, when it really gets bumpy, I do get a little pain. I'm not a panicky person, but it does get bumpy. I do get panicky. Even though I know it's not a real danger, I know, but it's just uncomfortable. And you feel be. so vulnerable. Thank you for helping to calm <laughs> me down on that. But I imagine, I close my eyes, and I imagine that we're actually on a bus on a road, and it's just a bumpy road. Oh, okay. And so once I have that imagery, and we're just bumping around, I'm like, okay, it's just like a pothole, or you know what I mean, a dead cat, whatever it happens, like we're just bumping, and then I feel better. I was terrified, terrified of turbulence. Like, I, I thought it, I, would, yeah, I would start crying, yeah. even with just a little no. But I just made this one switch and i didn't think it would mean anything and magically it creates like a little fantasy world like, for a minute yeah like yeah. i am so i get like really into it like when the turbulence happens well it's just a mind i mean you really get mindset right it's like people that walk on coals like you're really training your brain to kind of change like your hypnosis. environment yeah it is right it's like yeah absolutely so i think the bus imagery helps and flicking the bean helps because yeah. you're actually stimulating you know it's like when flicking you have that the uh, bean, yeah okay you, when you're <laughs> you know the pain pathway and the sensory the touch pathway are the same pathways to the brain so if when you're in pain and you rub it you're actually stopping the pain signal from reaching the bed you know is that really true yes and the touch signal is the one that reaches the brain that's what we rub an injury so you rub an injury because ah. suddenly you're, you're stopping the pain signal to the brain you're doing the touch signal so ah. i feel like so it's like those two so si- touch overrides pain I feel well, like to some, some extent, I mean, yeah, I exactly. Feel like there's some metaphor, there's well, some poetry. Well, it just, in what you it just confuses said. the signals. I think you know what I mean. It's so you're confusing the brain too. I think you're sending two signals on the same pathway. Obviously, if it's in insane pain and someone sliced your arm off and you give yourself a massage, it's not going to fucking help. Uh, okay, but get, like, uh, what if you're in emotional pain? What do you what do you touch? Well, I just read this today. Isn't this interesting? I read it. So I know for a fact that like emo- like heartbreak actually feels like visceral physical pain. The the brain can't distinguish between a physical injury and an emotional injury. Really? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's pain. It registers as pain. So I just read this today in the Times, actually. There were studies that found that, like, with heartbreak, Tylenol can help. Isn't that interesting? Really? Yes, I have to look at it. I want to look at the article again. I remember what the context of the article was. But so apparently, because I've been heartbroken many a time, and you feel like somebody died. I mean, it's like so extreme pain in the stomach, and, like, you really feel. So just to try Tylenol next time you feel heartbroken and you have a fight with your hubby. 
this is great since they're starting to restrict Percocet more and more. There you go. I can move to Tylenol exactly. instead of Percocet well, next yeah. time I have heartbreak. I don't know what it is about this country with with um. I don't. Is Percocet an antidepressant or anti-anxiety? What no, is, it's an opioid. Oh, it's just an opioid. O- an opioid. Okay, okay. So it's like that's it's the like opioid crisis. Okay. It's like it's like the dentist fentanyl or whatever. Okay. No, fentanyl is much stronger. It is stronger. So you take Percocet. It's like a Xanax. Xanax no, Xanax, is, Xanax is different. Xanax okay. is uh, benzo, whatever. Diazepine? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, that works also. But uh, <laughs> opiates, I think, are the best. But there's an opiate crisis because if you take it's enough so opiates. It's so addictive. Yeah, it's, addi- it, it's addictive. But, even, but sometimes people take opiates and drink and you'll stop breathing. <laughs> Well, I think the scary thing about all these medications, uh, especially you see all these young people pass away from like a not even an accidental overdose. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. took it, a Xanax you... and took this and it interacted in your way. Like what scares me, especially with this stuff. I mean, obviously pharmaceutical stuff is uh, is so so called supervised, but you still don't know how your body's gonna react on that day and what you know what your chemical makeup yeah. in your bloodstream is. It's fucking scary, man. But that's why people say like running. You know, releases enough endorphins. It's almost right. like an anti. And then you can it's, die it's of a more... heart attack, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. People jog on the treadmill and they're fucking dead. You don't know if your heart's going to take it that day. That's yeah, why I don't true. work out. You don't work out. You just that's you, smart. You know, they had that study. I'm going to start doing that. I'm just saying. Well, like, actually, I already do that, but now I have a rationalization well, for it. Of course you do. Before it's, I was feeling guilty. I don't now deal with cognitive smart. dissonance. I just rationalization <laughs> all the way. But seriously, I don't feel like we're made to be in fight or flight. I don't think we should be running and getting our heart rate up to ridiculous levels. We're not running away from tigers, and you know what I mean? It's like predators. We're just get it up there like you're walking. Like they found people in Greece live till a thousand and two because they're walking all day or they're shepherds. They're eating like feta yeah. cheese and just walking and drinking black coffee. That's where they live the longest. Or in Asia, right? They're living large. They're smiling. Yeah. Always the oldest person is in China for some reason. They're yeah. not on the treadmill. They're yeah, just hanging read, out. You ever read? It sounds like you read that book, The Blue Zones by Dan Buettner. So he was a National Geographic. Okay, I think I read he, the, the condensed, you know, the, the, condensed. the idiots version. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you listen to my podcast with him about it. Okay. So, so there's so Greece and Japan, and yeah. there's one island in Japan. This one island in Greece. Right. This one, Yorba Linda in California, actually. Really? The, the, there's all these little places where there's an, uh, an above average, a significantly above yes. average number of 100-year-olds who have high quality of life. Like, they're still bicycling around. Right. And they're they're happy still joking and, around. Yeah. And, right. And, and and so he did a study. Like, what's in common? And so one of the... And they all, you know, eat whatever. Like, they, everybody has a, a carbs. Everyone has meat. Everyone yes. has this or that. Yes. So there's no one diet. No paleo. Right. But, but but you know, laughter, friendship, community, these are right. really important things. And and don't eat that much. Like, there's no snacking, really. Yeah, that's not... That's hard <laughs> for me. I'm a snacker. I eat, like, 16 times a day, but small amounts. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't eat, like, a large lamb, but I will eat, like... I get hungry every 20 minutes, which is fine. Well, then what, what do you snack on? Um, I, I mix it up. I do nuts. I like almonds a lot. I do have high cholesterol, and my doctor wanted to put me on a statin, and now I'm freaking out about the statin. Don't do that. Right? Statins are bad for you, right? But well, it's I also genetic. Like, my gut is whenever a doctor says, do this, I don't like to do it. Oh, that's smart. Okay. I haven't... Are you, like, the kind of guy who'll deny chemo? Yeah. Okay. I, I haven't had a checkup since in 34 years. So who knows what's going on inside? What Petri dish? You're I like walking Petri dish, gonorrhea, syphilis, whatever. I, I know your girlfriend's I could, here. Sorry <laughs> to break it to you, sweetheart. Maybe it's time for a physical. I could have I could have every form of cancer possible, and I wouldn't know. Okay, maybe that's better that way. Well, you know, here's the thing, too. Everybody has some cancerous cells. Right. And th- if they look hard enough, they'll find them. They'll and find I, them. I always sort of feel like... That. I always, I always sort of feel like once you get in like the doctor vortex, like yeah, it's hard it's to get out. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, because they have legal concerns too. Of course they do. There's always have. an agenda in the big pharma. And, you know, it's interesting. I knew a woman once 
um, who uh, had an accident, like a, a stage combat. Act. She was an actress, and she had a rapier, you know, like those little swords in her eye. And I luckily, you said she had a raper, and she was no, no, stage no. That combat. sounds yeah, stage combat. No, no, but she had a rape, like a sword in her eye in a in a combat scene, and um, and uh, luckily didn't hit the brain tissue, but her eye kind of got very damaged and moved. And she went to all these doctors, these very famous doctors, and they told her they could not fix the eye. They could not fix the eye. They could not fix the eye. And um, she was very calm. She didn't believe these doctors, top doctors in New York City. And she kept going and kept going. She said, I'm going to go until they get, I get the opinion that I want that'll make me happy. And she found one doctor who put a patch on her uh, good eye and forced the, the bad eye to correct itself. That's and, a great and, it, idea. and it corrected itself, and it was unbelievable. Um, but look, that makes so much sense too, because the course, brain rewires itself. It does. Itself. It does. And so, like, you if know, you have a stroke and you can't use like your left hand, eventually the brain will rewire. Wire, and yeah. Well, yeah. But they said also people that wear those goggles that um, flip the world, and the longer you wear that, then finally your brain corrects itself, and the world doesn't look flipped anymore. I remember huh. I saw a movie about that. Like literally, a guy was bicycling with these goggles that make the world look flipped, like completely. You know. How, how do you learn all this stuff? Is it because, like, you're a surrogate, so you're just sitting around, said, like, Ray, pregnant no, all the time? No, I think people are always asking scientific that. Scientific American? I think people are confused. They're like, oh, Ray Lynn, oh, you're from the South, you have a mullet, you're an idiot, you know, I'm a trailer, you're dealing with, like, you know, breastfeeding your 34 kids. I had a pretty fucked up childhood, and escape, I escaped through reading. You know what I mean? And I escaped through just curiosity. I met my first Jew. I actually told uh, people online about this story. I met a Jew, a visiting Judaic studies professor in Charleston when I was a kid. And he, I made him grits, and he made me falafel, which was bullshit because he was a Polish ancestry, and they actually make a filter fish, which is horrifying. That's what makes anybody anti-Semitic. I, 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 I mean, no, that I, shit is just terrible. I actually, I actually am the only person I know who loves gefilte fish. It is just, it's, just it's like, like an embryo inside of a gelatinous fluid. It just, I don't know, I couldn't do it. Long story short, I he introduced me to Kabbalah, and I just got into, I just realized the world's a big place, and we got to explore. The problem with America is, and there are a lot of problems, but I love America, and I hate when Europeans put down America or Canadians just annoys the fuck out of me. It's an amazing country, and but it's a big fucking country, and it's people are lazy here. They don't go out in the world. They don't explore the world. Like when you go to these people who live in tiny countries, they're out all the time. Or you go to Europe, you hop on a train for half an hour, you're in a different country. Here you don't have that. What are you yeah. going to get to, Detroit? No, and maybe from Detroit, you're going to get to Oklahoma. You know, it's not the same thing. And people are, end up being like, they get very insular and think that we're the center of the universe, which we are. But I don't think it, they're not enriched in a, a deeper way. So let me, let me ask you this, because this, this is like, I don't know the, I don't know the full answer. Okay. If you, so it takes, th it's 3,000 miles to fly from New York City to LA. Okay. But you could go 3,000 miles and you're basically landing in still the same yes. culture. Is there any other place in the world where you can fly 3,000 miles and still be in the same culture? Don't think there is. I don't know how big China, the, you, you know. China, divided up into, you know, different regions that are totally different, even different languages between regions. Well, I think that, you know, we have a, a diversity. That's, again, one of the challenges of the United States is that the only thing that binds us together is an idea. Like, it is a different world in a lot of different ways. You know what I mean? But I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, but we all have, like... I can land American there. American culture, yes. You're and, right. you know, I'm speaking the Main same language. Street, we're you got watching, an Applebee's. We're I watching get it. the same TV shows. Yes. Yeah, we're going to the same restaurants. Yes. yes. Uh, no, you're right. Look, I think that with the inter interweb now, the world has obviously become, you know, whatever, flatter, more condensed. And you can have reference, pop culture references all over the world like you didn't before. You know what I mean? I went to, uh, I went to India when I was much, much younger. And there was no cell phone or internet or Skype. You know, I wasn't blogging about it, and I was really immersed. It's a lot harder to get really immersed in a different in a different culture now. Particularly like India, which is like so. I've been there as well a couple of times, and uh, that's a hard yeah country it's to hard. just daily. Like I was staying with yeah. a, a family there, so I wasn't in a 
a nice hotel or anything. Right. And it was just like you're taking a shower like in a hole and you have to, I put, know, your, it's rough. You have to put your hand over your nose yeah. and mouth so that the water is And I'm isn't... blonde. I got groped a lot. Like, you know, the personal space there is intense. It's, it's, it's like, I mean, it's a teeming, it's a bajillion people, right? You really feel the power of humanity. Like you've, you know, oh, someone's, oh. you got a phone call. Is it important? You want to get it? Nah. Okay. I'll just turn that. I like the now. ring. It's very old school. I'm old school. It's nice. I'm an it's old nice. man. I read, uh, how old are you? I just turned 51 two days You're ago. You're not an old man. Yeah. You're a youngster. No, 50's I... 50's the new 50. I, I agree with that. People always were saying to me, people were always saying, 50's the new 30, 40's no, new 20, the new 50. 70's the new 18. Yeah. I agree. 50's the new 50. Like... Uh, 50's I, not the new 80. Do you know what I mean? You're lucky to be 50. Uh, and I'll tell you the best thing about being 50 as opposed to 15. When I was 15, I had FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. If I don't go to right, this party FOMO. or this is, mm-hmm. read this. Or yeah. Now I have JOMO, joy of missing out. Like I yeah. love to just stay home right, and right. miss Creature out. Creature of comfort. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that the Dalai Lama or somebody, you know, one of the Buddhist kind of Taoist, you know, wonderful, calm people said, that the problem with a lot of Western culture is that we're we're fear of getting older, and we keep obsessing with like I feel great for my age. I'm a young eighty. I'm a young seventy. And then people have a hard time with the difficulties of aging and people accepting that and just saying this is part of of life. You don't have to keep saying I feel young for my age. You can just feel your age. Does that make sense? I mean, it's like people. Are yeah. Like, although although sometimes I look at like my classmates from like way back, and you know, you see their pictures on Facebook, and they look and, old, and, and I'm like, oh my god, like. That, he's an old man now, and yeah. he's younger than me. Oh, wow. And, well, then uh, good. It makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah, I guess so. All the, or it makes me feel bad. Like, when's the, when's the change going to happen? Like, when right. am I going to Maybe it's happened. You're just in denial. Maybe I am. We always think we're in better shape, what right? Are the, what are the five stages of grief? Because I think it applies to everything. There's Is it, like, denial? There's uh, anger. Bargaining, anger. Oh, sadness. Yeah, acceptance. maybe sadness and acceptance. I, don't, I just made those up. They sound uh, right to me. Sadness sounds right to me. Well, and I hope they're sad, unless you killed the person and you're like, you know, running around happy. I don't know. But yeah, uh, yeah grief, I mean, look, everything, it is accept. I think acceptance, right? All these buzzwords now, mindfulness and gratitude and, and acceptance. But I do think it's true. I mean, I don't make my gratitude list. I don't, you know, I don't like to wake up in the morning and say five things. I'm like, I don't need to do that. I, I remind myself life is short. You know what I mean? But acceptance, I think, accepting other people's flaws, you don't go fucking crazy, that's a biggie. Except that people aren't on the same journey. I'm very self-aware, and I read a lot of Pema Chodron, a lot of self-help books, and a lot of people are not. And instead of me just saying, you're so fucking this or that, I'm like, okay, you're in a different part of your journey. It's another good mindfulness word, isn't it? Journey. I don't know where you're at in your journey. Um, I, don't, I don't know either. And I, okay. I, think, I, think, I think nobody knows where they're at, but sometimes they know where the compass is pointing. Yeah, where they kind of want to go in a, yeah, day by day. I mean, I think the people that uh, that are very present are people in sobriety programs. You know what I mean? Because they're just so scared to relapse. They're living moment to moment. And I'm not an addict, but I know a lot of people in recovery. And I kind of see their struggle. And there really is you're living so much in the present because it's like that constant, that constant struggle, I think. Does that make sense? You can't phone it in is what I'm saying. If you're trying to stay sober in your life, there's no phoning it in. Yeah, but I, I also wonder, like, obviously, like, physical addictions, like drugs and alcohol right. and so on, or even things like, you know, sex and yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. all the things that are 12-step gambling, right. those are hard, and people have to deal with them because they're so thrust at us all the time. Like, you see alcohol yes, everywhere. Yes. But I think I think to some extent it's hard not to be an addict of something. Like, of often people get addicted to the relationship they're in. Absolutely. Codependence or work. Or, yeah, yeah, or, or it, particularly if it's unhealthy. Like, yes. Like, if, if I'm addicted to... 
fitness. Well, fit, you know, there are people who are who are over. Yeah, of course. You know, over yeah. exercise. Yeah. yeah, And that's its own kind of addiction. But I think there's probably like healthy ways to control mild addictions. But I think that there's always a danger when, particularly when things are stressful in life, to slip slip into some yes. addiction too much. Well, I think that in general, I think that you this country we're obsessed with happiness, but in an unhealthy way. Like we're freaking out yeah. if we're not happy. And I think that uh, that's why people self medicate so much or get prescribed. You know, they can't deal with the stress, so they take a you know they take an antidepressant. I don't try and judge because I feel like sometimes I know a lot of people that are have are antidepressants and it just helps them live their life. I'm like, okay, I guess so. Why not? I've had points where I've been so anxious I couldn't function. Function exactly. And so you take something like in that Xanax family, not necessarily, and it Xanax, helps you. It's like almost like I'm not saying it's good or bad because these are massively addictive. They're worse yeah. than opiates. Xanax is okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's almost like a wall goes up in your brain and your brain does not let you think anxious thoughts, but I would say the flip side is it's it's so addictive it's insane. Yeah, you have to really it's a slippery slope. And, and by it? addictive is you it's not like you want it, but if you don't take it, you'll you could have seizures, you, you have all oh, these bad wow. you can't sleep, you have all these bad things that happen. I mean, I think the I feel everybody's just doing the best they can. I just know for me, I think it would freak out. I've had some breakdowns and I I've come through them, but I feel like What's now What's your worst breakdown? Well, I think I went, I was clinically depressed uh, uh, for about six months. I didn't want to get out of bed. I don't want to say suicidal thought, but I was dark. It was dark. You know, I, I think when you say suicidal, I don't mean I would do anything, but they were in my head. Like, what's the point? What's the point? And you feel like they're, you're really never going to get out of it on the what, other end. What triggered it? Do I think it triggered. Uh, no, no. It was a, a guy that I found out was cheating on me, and I was really in love with him, and I questioned everything, and I ended up watching Battlestar Galactica for six days straight. I'm not fucking kidding you. So complete sleep after deprivation. After Lost, the best show of all time. I loved it. I loved But after a while, I couldn't see the fate. You know what I mean? I couldn't see Boomer anymore. Like, I was literally, I watched it const- like nonstop for six days. Oh, my God, you got to finish it. No, I did. I finished uh, it. Oh, I'm okay. saying, I'm saying I couldn't like, it was just, but I think it really put me in a in a very deep hole. But my point was like, now I feel like, I look at my friends, if they're going through a rough patch and it helps them, then fucking why not? Yeah. Like, why not? If it doesn't do severe health damage, you know what I mean? Like, these antidepressants, I don't think they're that addictive like the Xanaxes or whatever. It's it's a lifestyle for them. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. I mean, you know. Well, I think the key there is why why judge? This Why, why waste energy on judging? Yeah, why judge? And also why, and like. And no one yeah. takes advice anyway, so. That's true. No one wants to your, hear your advice. Like, yeah. you should be getting off that. It's not good for you. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I don't want to hear your opinion. You're not in my body. <laughs> I get it. No, I get it. So what you I read an article about you um about some about 15 things that you have now or all your possessions. Was that a recent article or No, no, that was um I think 2015 or 2016. Okay. What was that real? Yeah, yeah. I um I threw out everything I owned, which was it was like it ended up I thought it was going to be this easy thing. I hired someone to do it. Were you a, like a lot of you a wealthy person you had a lot of shit? Well, I, you know, Everybody's got a lot of shit. I don't. I don't okay. even know. Well, I don't was, know. I mean, some people are hoarders, and other people are minimalists. I don't know. I think just over like thirty years of okay. adult life, you accumulate right, right, lots right. of stuff. And okay. this is after your divorce or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, I just didn't want to deal. I think I was depressed, and I didn't want to deal with. I had a lease coming up. Um, I didn't want to deal with like, oh, do I find a new place to live? Like, what am I going to do? How do right. I do I store my furniture? Like, what do right, I do with all this right, stuff? Right, right, right. Or do I do the Marie Kondo thing where I hold something close spark to me? Spark joy. And see if I, I love spark it. Spark her joy. So I didn't want to do any of that. So I, I, I left town and I paid someone to go to my place. And basically I said to her, 
I don't want you can you can sell it anything and keep the money. You can give money give things to charity. You could throw things away or you could keep them yourself. But I don't want to ever hear about any of these objects again. Okay. And and I said, Anne, I don't want you to call me. I'm going to be away for a week. I don't want you to call me. I just want you to clear everything out. Wow. And then I'm never going back to this place. Uh, so, Amazing. So she did it, but I thought it was going to take a day. It took, she said, told me it took, they had to rent like an, an 18-wheeler oh, truck. Jesus. She had her whole family like every single day helping her. She had nephews, cousins. Wow. Like the police had to <laughs> talk to her a few times. And, uh, uh, and, and she, she did call me once. She said, are you sure you want to throw out your diploma? You worked hard for that. And I'm like that. That just meaningless. Bur- just burn that. Yeah, like that it's is the, the worst. And then after that, I just for like three or four years, I just Airbnb'd, and I ha- I only had like a carry on bag. Carry on bag. Did you have good Airbnbs? Did you like them for the most part? Yeah, okay. yeah, I liked them. They okay. were all they were all pretty good. Okay, um, okay. You know, and then I was doing it because of this, and because of that article that came out, Airbnb asked me to speak at like the Airbnb open that year. Of course they did. They're like opportunity. Steven Spielberg's office called and said, "We want to make a TV show out of your no. life." No. Yeah. And did they? No. It just they, died they, in the development land. Yeah, they found a writer who was great, but he needed permission from Sony to get out of his deal there. Oh. And he tried to get it, and Sony said no. But they couldn't give him another fucking writer. There's a million writers that could have written this. They, 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 they got busy doing oh, a billion Steven. other shows. Okay. <laughs> So, Steven, Steven. but they were nice enough. You know how like Hollywood is like they won't call you. They were nice enough to actually make an. They they proactively called me and said, "Look, we got all these shows accepted for next year. Okay, we realistically, we just want you to know, we realistically cannot." Well, that's nice. Yeah, I thought that was well behaved. I think I find that uh, that's like the whole thing of ghosting. I find that the world would just function much better if people were just clear. I always prefer a no than I don't know what's going on. I can handle the truth yeah. if it's told to me directly. You know what I mean? If you're not interested or you don't like my mullet or you know what I mean? You're into like small brunettes with big racks. Just text that to me. I don't need it to fucking disappear. Same Should they text that specific thing? Should they give a reason? I'd like when they're specifics just so I can, you know, wrap my head around it as opposed to I don't like you. You know, I don't need to lie to me. I don't need to like, uh, I don't need to be rude. But I think that no is always nice to get when it's just done elegantly and cleanly and just you can wrap it up. People like closure, closure, yeah. closure, closure. Another thing wrapped up. You know what I mean? Things that sit open, it like festers. Yeah. You never know why Steven didn't. You know what I mean? Now you know. Yeah, yeah. And you feel better. And yeah, now you have uh, an apartment. Yeah. Yeah, now, <laughs> so so finally, after like three or four years of this, uh, a friend of mine, I was trying to get an Airbnb on the Upper West Side. Okay. Right where we're filming here. And uh, there, it's really hard to find an Airbnb in the Upper West Side. Yeah. I've, I've done Airbnbs. Just a bunch Air- of Jewish families. <laughs> yeah, and apartment buildings. And apartment buildings, yeah. you can't get an Airbnb right. usually. And, uh I've lived in every. I've lived in Airbnbs in every area of Manhattan. That's funny. Basically, okay. in, in L.A., every area of L.A. Right, right. Florida. Like I've been all over Airbnb. Okay, okay. And because uh, I did this for years and years. Right. And um, uh, and finally, I called a friend of mine and I said to her, oh, "I can't even find an Airbnb in the Upper West Side. I don't know what I'm going to do." And it's called buying an apartment, James. No, I would never do that. Oh, okay. That would be Sorry. Crazy. Craziness. Sorry. That's too much. And then, but she said, look, you need to grow up. You're about to be 50. It's time. It's time, James. it's kind of a little creepy. Yeah. Just Airbnb. You're never going to meet a nice lady if yeah. you're- uh, Or you might. I mean, kind of has the same gypsy spirit as you. Yeah, but I guess she was she was down on that for me, and yeah. uh, uh, she said, you need to get an apartment and get a uh, get a get someone who's going to- 
just buy all the furniture so you don't have to deal with it. Okay. And that that's what I did. Like a, a personal assistant as much as opposed to a girlfriend, but okay. Yeah. So that's what, well, okay. I, no, that's, she, she, oh, okay. That's what happened. Is okay, I hired great. Someone, okay, perfect. Okay. I hired someone, gave them, said, here, buy furniture. Buy, furnish me. Yeah. Feed me. I want a few items. Few. Still. Yeah. And, and one day I just, wa- I, I, it was a battle to rent for a lot of reasons, I'm and then sure. I and then one day I just walked into this place and it was all furnished and That's I had an nice. apartment. Must yeah. be nice, James. Yeah. It, look, you can also try mobile living like a trailer. I highly recommend it. I maybe, do. The maybe, world is your backyard, even when you get a ticket. Day. You know what I'm saying? Maybe when I'm done with with this hellhole Manhattan, there you I'll, go. I'll well, get you on the mobile trailer. Finally, come your senses. I love I love Manhattan. I do. I love all the shit fecal matter garbage pyramids. I love it. What do you like better, Manhattan or where are you from, like Alabama? You saw, no, I'm all I... over. I, li- I lived all over. I lived in Asheville. Uh, I lived in Birmingham. I've lived in. Um, I've lived. I've lived in Miami. You're very cultured. I am cult. No, but I've lived all over, and I've been to Europe a lot. I've been to Israel, and I've been all over Europe, uh, and I've been to. Uh, why? Why did you go to Israel? I went. I fell in love with the Judaic studies professor. I showed up on his doorstep in Jerusalem, and then I also kind of took a little uh, detour to Ramallah. I'm kind of equal opportunity sexual being. You know what I mean? I kind of wanted to bring peace together through yeah through I, intercourse. I get that. Get it. Um, so I think that uh, discourse intercourse. You know what I mean? It's it's a fine line. That's but I like Israel's a... fascinating place. Actually, I thought it was it's, it's fascinating in general. It's like it's all the the problems of the world and all the complexities and all the beauties of the world in one tiny little. Island of a you, you know what I mean? Like, not an island technically, but you know what I mean. You drive but twenty minutes like, and you hit a border. I feel like Manhattan's like that. I do too. I do too, and I feel like Manhattan. I, you know, I lived in L.A. for a while, and the, my sense in L.A. was that life, the the monotony of the weather, you lose your sense of mortality. Every day is the same. It's like Groundhog Day, and so no no day has more meaning than the next. There's no sense of passing of time or of seasonality or, or like aging. And so I feel like suddenly years went by, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened here? And in New York, you're just present. It's the same thing. It's like being present. Like, the stimuli around you is so intense that you are forced to be present. You can't you can't phone in your life here. In yeah, L.A., you can point. phone it in. Yeah. You can coast. You know what I mean? You can be brained and just still coast and have a nice little cushy apartment and just whatever. Here, it's like, what? You know what I mean? It's in your fucking face. And that's what I like. I, I like that, too. I like how every... And I've lived here a long time, and I grew up around here, and I... Grew up coming into here a lot. Uh, I like how every corner there's a new story. There's always every corner in New York City. Yeah. There's a new. There's a story happening right in front of you. It's like a film happening right in front that's of you. Right. You just stand there and watch it. Yeah. And that's amazing. And then, and then I don't know how long you've been here, but like now on every corner I walk in, not only do I see the new story, but I remember all the old stories that's of nice. when I've been on this corner yeah. fifty times in the past that's fifty years. That's so, beautiful. I love that. James Aldertree, it has been a pleasure it's been to a have pleasure you. Being on. I'm gonna go invest in some fucking Bitcoin. Can I do that? What's the best site to do with like less fees? Because you said no fees, but all these places have high fees. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would wait. I would wait right now until like Fidelity is gonna open up a Bitcoin exchange. Oh, okay. So, so I just go just with do some, it like... through like a broker at some point. Okay, I'll yeah. do that. So, but I should do Bitcoin, not the Ethereum, Ethereum. You know, you do what you do. I don't what know. You okay. do you. I'll wing it. I'll wing it. I'll wing it. Um, yeah, I know you're like, I don't want to give any financial advice on, on the air here. Uh, I totally understand, but it's been joy. You've I hope got I can, 34 kids to, to, to feed. Well, they I feed don't themselves wanna, at this point. I don't want to risk it. You know what it's called? It's called vocational school and it's called technical skills. That's what it's called. It's called, you know what I mean? You can do your liberal arts education on Masterclass Online, but go, yeah. go get a technical skill. Go weld. I want you to either weld, you know what I mean? Make bicycles for people, whatever the fuck it is. I agree with that. So good. I'm glad we're on the same page. (laughs) I'm moving in. All right. Thank you, James. Thank you. Uh, Good to have you. This is Raylan Casper White signing off. 